feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose, and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. Fellas, 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 and the ladies, welcome back to another episode of the pod. We got our boy. Hey, look, look, I'm going to learn your last name here at some point. All right. Steve Candarelia. Close enough. It works. No, no. Tell me how to say it. I'm going to Candle area. Candle area. That's the Candelaria, right? Right. Candelaria. Look at me. Got it down. I'm going to keep calling you candy, though. But but, um, we're back. Today, I think it was a pretty cool podcast just because I know that this is, um, I've talked to a couple different strength coaches, a lot of different areas. And one of the things that we were just talking about as well is that a lot of people haven't had um, a lot of experience with using water within training. Um, I have used it a lot because I think it first came into um, more from like a trainer in the sense of like a skill coach like um, area. But then also too, once we started using it for that a lot, then me myself, I started using it when I was actually training and then adding a lot of volume um, to it. And so like now when I like use it with a lot of my core stuff and a lot of things that I, when I'm training from that side um, and I've seen and had a lot of benefits from that. And then we were, we were kind of just talking about it. And I was like, man, like I think a lot of coaches, um, us to talk about it, like again, like anything else, right? It's like, should you only have a barbell? No. Should you only have a kettlebell? No. Should you only have a dumbbell? Should I only have med balls? No. Like at the end of the day, like water bags, again, from a base standpoint are, only a tool that could be used and all those things, but there's some benefits of obviously using it. And um, just to lay a foundation here for us as well, yes, we now have water bags in here, but this isn't just like a pump water bags because we have them. We were using water bags. I've been using water bags far before we ever had our own. Uh, we for years had, probably about four years before we actually ever sold water bags. I've been using water bags. And then obviously, uh, you know, like Florida Baseball Armory, um, notoriously in my head, it was like the big, um, you know, training facility that's been using them for far long, probably almost a decade now, where close to a decade now where they've really been using them as well. So um, I thought it'd be good for us just to have a conversation of, you know, what they could really be used for. And then um, you also, from my experience as a skilled coach, and then also for, you know, you from the strength side too as well, like where you find them, like where they're applicable. And then also too, where maybe they're not so useful also as well. And us just have like a conversation where like they can be better applied and people can kind of better understand like how to utilize them as well. Yeah. Um, So I think the first thing I'll I'll say, uh, ask with you too, Candy, is like, I think this other thing is for your experience, I think you've obviously done a whole bunch of strength training where there was zero water bags, right? And it would, they're never used at all. And then now that you've also been in house and like we've been utilizing them and you gotten to play around with them a little bit more. Um, and then also, you know, from that, um, you know, just like off the bat for more of an experiential um, thing of you just kind of like being here as well, like what have uh, you kind of feel or experienced or maybe explain the mindset of, you know, kind of coming from a world that you didn't use them at all. And then kind of like what you've also experienced kind of just being here now. Yeah, I think uh, I was introduced to water balls probably about four years ago. And Franz Bosch was yeah my first influence with that. Yeah, he's the guy. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> he's he's got some good stuff out there. Yeah. Um, but what I've found just in my industry is you have the truthers, the guys that love the water balls. And then you also got the haters, the, you know what I mean? And then the in-between is we just don't know yet, right? Like there's not a lot of evidence out there from 
um, in compared to what we have evidence for other things, but also too, like when you look stuff up, there's not a lot of information out there. Yeah. Um, you have to go sift it out and find it out. It's starting to become a little bit more prevalent, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a, there's a bunch of different ways that you can use them. I think your intent really matters. Um, and I think the population that you're using them with really matters as well. So, yeah. Why don't you, um, I know this is a simple idea, but I know a lot of people don't uh, think about this. You use a word there that a lot of people misuse a lot, um, and I know what you meant by it, so I wanted you to kind of explain. When we say intent, what do when you say that, what does that mean to you? I know a lot of people just use intent, meaning like do it as hard as you can, like do it with some intent, right? Where, um, yeah, why don't you break down what intent actually means when you use the word intent? Yeah, I mean, simplify is just a, you're looking for a specific training adaption, yeah. right? Um, you're, you can use, and I'm sure we'll get down into it, uh, down the road, but it is just a tool. It's not an end all be all just like a dumbbell is just a tool. Yeah. Right. Um, I think in my experience right now, so far with water balls, um, one of them is challenging joint stability and posture. Mm. I think those are two really important factors. And I think the weight of the ball actually matters. Uh, we yeah. have youth athletes in here that, you know, I'll see jumping left and right and they have zero pelvic stability Yeah, and you know, that ball might just be too heavy or fundamentally they just don't have the, the right musculature to stabilize in those planes. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think going back to the intent, like what's my intent with this athlete Am I training to help with stabilization, to help with balance, or am I training this athlete to help, uh, reemphasize a new motor pattern? Um, mm -hmm. Am I helping this athlete try to take slack out of their system? But, yeah. you know, first and foremost, I think the water balls, you know, they, as soon as you pick one up, your core is activated, right? Yeah. We talk a lot about slack. We talk a lot about spacing. We talked a lot about um, cross body patterns and things like that. So, you know, if you, if you think about, I think something that I'll probably talk about a little bit throughout this, this podcast is active versus passive. Mm -hmm. um, those are two things that, I look at you could passively get into a position by just like putting yourself there mm. or you could actively jump into that position and you have to stabilize in that position, right? Yeah, yeah, it could be big. I think also too, I mean, for us to remember, literally going back to that is like intent is short for intention, right. right? And what is my intention for this athlete or why are we doing this exercise? And a lot of times we run past that. We see a exercise on social media and we have no idea what the intention is you could do the same exercise for 10 different athletes and have a different intention you know it that same one exercise could be a whole different adaptation that we're trying to get from different athletes or it might be very similar or you know what somebody might be getting out of it i mean i know that we talked about this too it's like you could be doing the same exercise but for me well that requires me to like i have a weaker adductor or something like that and i might be feeling like I'm, my adductor is on fire right now. And somebody else that might be, again, like they're right glued or something like, you know, like that could be firing for them or like, again, what their ad adaptation is going to be for them compared to me could be obviously very different. Um, and then also too, like you said, we could change slight variations within the exercise that if you're watching it on social media or if you're, you know, you don't know what for that athlete, we might've made a slight alteration. Maybe it's the orientation. Maybe it's, um, you know, again, you're telling that guy to screw his foot like outward or, you know, again, press his, you know, big knuckle of his, of his big toe, like into the, into the ground or something like that. Right. Where if you're watching on social media, you have, you know, like, and you're not there. You have yeah, no not idea. Those things. You have no idea. Right. So I just want to point that out. One of the things I, I wanted to point out is the concept of uh, load, right? We constantly, a lot of people think load and they think just like more weight, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, from the CNS, like that's not always the case. And I, I want to give this example and kind of wanted to have you break this down because I've seen this and a lot of people have never seen this in real time and they're like, no way. Yeah. But like, for example, like I was one of these guys. Great. Like, let's say I've seen guys that can, you know, squat over 400 something pounds. And then you put some instability in, into that, you know, that pattern and immediately like they can't do a quarter. Like for me, for example, like I was deadlifting over 500 pounds and I remember I'd go to like a single leg and I go to like an RDL. Like there was times I couldn't even stabilize like 20 pounds, you know, on a single leg RDL, um, but I could deadlift 500 pounds. Right. And it's like, okay, there's obviously some big differences between that. And again, when it comes to like the CNS there, right, like the load is very different and it's not just weight. Um, you know, could you kind of like open that up, um, as well of like, you know, why that would happen, you know, for an athlete that appears to be so strong at something. Um, but you know, when you go to something else that it might be similar, it's still a, you know, now it's, um, unilateral or something like that, right? Like why does that instability, why is the, the, the CNS kind of like respond, um, in that way? Yeah. I mean, the easiest example I could probably give is just, you have large muscles and small muscles. Mm. Um, let's use the shoulder, for example, like your large muscles for your internal rotators, you're probably looking at your pec, mm -hmm. uh, your lat, your teres major. Um, and then on top of, I guess not on top, but probably more or less underneath, you're looking at your rotator cuff, right? You mm -hmm. got four mu little small muscles that are inside of there. And those help stabilize the shoulder joint as you're going through range of motion. Yeah. But you also have those large prime movers that help with velocity, that help with power, right? Yeah. And so, you know, for me, like somebody that's just training a squat and then you take them to a single leg, like they probably very well developed their hamstrings, their quads, their glutes uh, to lock them into those positions. But, mm -hmm. you know, you're also looking at an adductor. You're still looking at glute med. Like you're still looking at these frontal plate muscles that help stabilize, right? So for me, that's kind of just like my thought process with like how I'm adjusting and altering load, especially with an athlete and the, the water balls. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very easy to see what clean movement looks like and what bad movement looks like. And, yeah. you know, without getting too, you know, far down rabbit holes with yeah. weights and loads and things like that. Like yeah. if you're just a dad or a coach out there watching these athletes, if that movement does not look good mm. and you're putting that athlete more at risk, let's back off of the water just a little bit, right? Yeah, for like sure. here we have what, four different weights that we use. Yeah, yeah. We have tons of different athletes that use them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we- And a billion variations of different exercises that again, progressions, regressions, like again, they might not be able to do something with that weight, right, of, of ball, right? And again, a lot of times, speaking of that, right? Like when we talk about the different weights that we have, right? Even the bag typically is gonna have more water than the Bulgarian right. or the water ball, right? Water ball usually has the least amount of water mm -hmm. out of all of it, but also too, it's the most dynamic and you can use it in a lot of, you know, uh, sp specific ways that might be very challenging to the CNS and, right. you know, ranges of motion where, you know, and then also, you know, again, let's say like the Bulgarian, because it typically is being wrapped around like, like T-spine area and like, and pressed out, it's more connected to the trunk. It's a yeah, little bit it's more, more part of your body. Yeah. It's more easier to stabilize and things like that as well. So we, again, could load that up a little bit more. I think one of the things I brought up with, um, uh, Randy Sullivan, I said this the other day, because when I went out to, uh, Oregon, for example, um, they had water bags, like all that stuff. And, but the water bags were like, almost completely full. Like, right. I mean, the whole bag was almost full of water, right? Um, to the point where like the water wasn't really swish, like, you know, swirling back and forth. Like you're not getting that perturbation, you're not getting so much instability. Mm -hmm. It literally just became almost like a weight, right? Yeah. Where it's like, it's just one solid weight. The water really can't, there's nowhere for it to move and, mm -hmm. and, and, and shuffle. And that, that unpredictable load, 
you know, it can get to that, that place where the body and the CNS has to respond. And again, co-contractions, all these things that, you know, we can get into um, as well. But I think that the thing is, is like, for example, like we forget from the skill side is every time we're striding, every time we're hitting a baseball, every time we're doing something dynamic, you know, to the body, like that load is going to be unpredictable. Like how I land, the surface that I'm on, how much, you know, like specific, like you cannot swing the exact same twice. Like it, it there's it, the pattern is going to be slightly different. You're going to land slightly different. You're going to push slightly different. How'd you sleep last night? Where are you tight today? You know, like, again, like where was the pitch? Like all of these things, like slightly different posture, slightly different, this everything's, you know, like with it, right? Like even the fact that, um, like when you did the bat, just like the timing, if you slightly are off by a thousandth of a second, right, that is changing the movement and the load and like what muscle now has to compensate or whatever has to happen. And I think with that, as we start to think about, like, even though that that's true, we're training to be as consistent as possible, right. of course. Right. But with that being said, the body, it's impossible to actually have the exact same load every single time. So that's one thing that like, let's say like a, um, a dumbbell or something like that, right. As well. Like, because it's so consistent and so like isolated and again depends on the exercise of course about how dynamic it is and like all the things you do with it but with that being said it's obviously much more predictable <laughs> you know to the body than it is where if i you know if you um randy solon talked about it like this when you get on a roller coaster right and you create like you get on a roller coaster recreate like pretension mm -hmm. right because you don't know you know like you've never been on this roller coaster before you don't know the next turn yeah. you don't know where it's going to shove your body and you start creating this tension in your body to create stability right like you don't know what's about to happen or if you've ever been in the ocean right and it's like you're in a wave or something like that right like you're getting thrown around and like you're just your body's in like protection mode right, right. and it's just trying to create stability mm -hmm. um and protect you and like that's a large way um as well as like you get to like the fundamentals of movement that your, your brain and your, and your CNS is like, everything is going around the spot of it's trying to protect you before it's trying to perform. Right. right? Like, can you walk away from this? Right. Um, the only time that we generally can change that thought process is again, if there's an override of I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. If like, you know, like again, let's say there's a train coming, you're stuck underneath a car or something, something insane where your body, like your brain knows that like, I would rather tear my bicep right now yeah. than die. Right. right. So like you can override that system in certain ways too. But like, I think that's also like, as we start to talk about that with, you know, like load or we start to get into some of that is like having the basis of understanding that like fight or flight, like also in our, our, yeah. our mains, our brain's main job is to keep us alive. Yeah. Um, and protect you know, yourself. It's huge. Yeah. And that's, I mean, just what you said about like the example of being in the ocean, like there's your active versus passive, like yeah, yeah. another, you know, um, analogy could be, you're just standing on normal ground, right? And yeah. you take one step and you step onto ice. Like that's a prime example of yeah. like your body starts to tense up to search for stability, right? Trying to, yeah. <laughs> trying to protect itself. Yeah, for sure. And so it's like, what does your body do? It increases the attention, right? Yeah. And now your mindset, your body, without you even thinking it, it's moving yes. from the middle out, yes. not from the outside in. Yeah, innate. Yeah. So, sure. you know, innate that's response. to me, the, the water balls are huge for that. It's like, yeah. And, and again, Exercise selection does matter, and yeah, yeah. it does matter with specific athletes. Um, we're not just throwing tons of water balls out there and say, "Have at it, kids!" Like, yeah, 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 you know, there's there's still structure to training. Yes, but also too, like we look at plyometric exercise. Like, 
there's only a certain amount of ways that you can overload plyometric exercises. Mm -hmm. This is a great way to, you know, increase load. You can yeah, change the load point. on the spot. Yes. Um, and again, like obviously when you're talking about like the stretch shorten cycle, the tighter and shorter and faster that you can contract in yeah, a yeah. short amount of time, mm -hmm. the more explosive you're going to be, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, as you're jumping left or right or you're lunging forward, your body already has tension in it. So it's going to yeah. be able to counteract that eccentric move with the concentric move a little bit faster. And basically, like, that's just going from down to up in yeah, a yeah. jump. I can go from down to up faster, and that's a good way to overload that. Another option would be box drop right? Like yep. a depth drop. Yep. Um, but also too, like each time you're, you're bouncing side to side, yep. like you're training that stretch shorten cycle to be faster and faster and faster. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, to me, that's another, I wouldn't say predictor of injury, but what I've seen with the force plate stuff is, uh, they call it, you know, RSI, but it's just basically like re reactive strength index. Mm -hmm. Um, and that means is like, how fast again can I go from down to up? Yeah. And I need to shorten that amount of time because that also like the wider that gap is, the slower that athlete's gonna be and the less force they're gonna produce. Yeah. Right. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, we go back to intent and it's like, no, this isn't just my training tool. Like I'm supersetting that with maybe a strength movement. Yeah, right. Sure. And so like I'm progressively overloading plyometrics and as I taper out through a program yeah. from a hypertrophy to strength to a power program my load's going to get lighter and lighter and lighter with that ball, right? Because yeah. I want that athlete to move faster and quicker. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing that's super like big with that as well, like a lot of times like strength coaches are, uh, they can get this perception again, like a lot of times we're using water balls and also, uh, like for example, like a water ball, typically we're like four to six, I mean, four to like six pounds is mm -hmm. like usually in there. And we typically don't go much heavier than that. And then, so people would be like, okay, well, you know, they want to load it up. They want to add all this extra weight. They want to do all these other things. And yeah. it's like, well, one of the things also with load and some of the things that we're talking about as well, it's like, well, if we also, it's not that you can't go heavier, but also it's also from a system perspective, can you train one system without cr training the other? Like, no, okay. but can we start to target more of one system than the other? Like, yes. And I, and I think that's one thing as well as like when we're going into training, right? It's like, for example, is you know, if we're having more of like a connective tissue focus mm -hmm. comparatively to, oh, I want them to recruit, you know, again, like, well, yeah, like a barbell might be, a, again, what's my intention? Like if I, if I'm trying to get this other adaptation, like, yeah, I would go and do these other things. But for example, like the same thing is like, um, like I was telling you and we've talked about this on the last pod where it's like, I would go and lift a ton, right? Even when I was doing powerful movements, even when I was doing things explosively, even when I was doing plyometrics, even when I was doing all those other things. And then I would go back and do Muay Thai and I would be slower, mm -hmm. right? And it would be like, okay, right? But then if I'm doing just Muay Thai, right? When I wasn't doing strength, all of a sudden I get, and, and my my punches were harder, faster, snapping, like my, my sequencing, my timing, all those other things were much better. And it was like, does that mean that I should never do plyometric? Does that mean that I should never do strength? Does that mean that I should never do those? Like, no, right? right? But- I also saw that with our athletes when we come from the skilled component of like hitting, for example, right, is because we can get so specific within the, you know, exact vectors and some of the, because, you know, we talked about this last week about like, um, you know, like mat strength, right? And like how unique, like being strong in weird 
vectors, right? Or being strong in very small windows, right? right? That you need to you need to be strong for that specific sport, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's certain things you need to be strong at in Muay Thai or jujitsu or um, you know soccer or football or whatever, right? And, and depending on position, depending on like, what that skill is that that person has to be really strong. Like, let's say you're an arm wrestler. Let's say you're whatever, right? Like, you need to be strong in different things that, like, than a baseball player needs to be. Um, And again, your core needs to be strong in different ways than other athletes, right? And is there overlap? For sure. But is there differences based on, because everybody, it's like we did this wave, right? The roller coaster of, like, we went, oh, specific, like, baseball specific, all these other things, right? And then everybody right now is like, kind of dumping on like specificity, like, oh, well, if he doesn't have a baseball in his hand, then that doesn't mean that it's specific. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, again, though, there is things based on the sport that are very, like, again, if I play ice hockey, it's going to be different than if I play a different sport, right? And there is things that are very important. Like if I'm a kicker, he's going to have to be strong in different ways compared to a wide receiver. Like that, like the wide receiver doesn't need to kick field goals, 45 yards. Like that's not what he needs to do. Like kickers can kick the ball. Like they do with the consistency that they have, with the stability that they have, with how much, how accurate they need to be because of like training. The skill actually is going to get them very strong in that way. And I think from the skilled side, it's okay. Well, I'm trying to get them more skilled and skill. Isn't just, um, People look at it as like just pure technique, but it is those very unique vectors that is that very unique stability, that very unique um, from the CNS system, like the firing patterns, very unique um, stability and co-contractions when I need them, when where I need it, and what also from me doing this activity. I think it, even from the brain, right? For example, if you've never been on ice before and you step on ice. Like, let's say it's ice hockey. Let's say you're going to go and like, maybe you never, like, let's say if you went, uh, maybe you're, we can even get into like rollerblading. Let's say you rollerblade, but you've never been on ice and you never, like, is there some skill transfer? 100%. -hmm. Is it also very different? Like, yes. And you can go and ask people that play roller hockey compared to ice hockey, right? Like there's different skills you got to be able to have. Um, There's different stability that you need to be able to have. Like even too, like. If you've never experienced that specifically, even the brain, right? Like if you go out on the ice tomorrow after you went on today, you're going to be better right. than you were yesterday because it now has an idea of the affordance and the the environment and what I need to do. Now you compound that over 10 years. You compound that over a lifetime of training. Yeah, like a baseball player competing against someone that has never played baseball before is going to have – grossly different adaptations compared mm-hmm. to obviously the, the average, you know, the average guy that's sitting out a cubicle, yeah. obviously as well, yeah. you know? Um, so what would you say like specifically to like, um, I, we talked about this a little bit last time, but I think this is a good topic since we're kind of there is like transfer, right? Cause you, you talk a lot about that too, as well. It's like the whole reason, like I'm in the weight room is to have better field performance. Right. It's not to be the most Olympic, you know, like we're not here to be the strongest guys, right? Yeah. We're if it doesn't transfer to the field, like what are we doing? So I think that's the same thing as like kind of open that up. Like, what? How do you think that um, in those ways that um, uh, and 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 again, this doesn't have to be just uh, with that as well, but maybe just touch on the topic of that of like the transfer and some of the things that I know that you value uh, yeah. from that side too. It, that, I mean, that's a very large question, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know 
going back to the whole ice analogy, like you have passive ranges of motion, you have active ranges of motion, uh, just generally standing on ground, like think about the position that you're standing in and think about the fact that you're not even thinking about standing in that position, right? Mm -hmm. But as soon as you step on the ice, you actively are now standing on the ground. Um, so, you know, you open this with what's the difference between uh, why is it so hard for me, I guess, to go from a bilateral, so a squat pattern to a single, maybe a pistol squat, right? Like, why is that so hard? Is like you're taking stability away from the body, right? Yeah. And the body's always going to pull towards the point of stability. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about... Before you unpack that, what, what, can you unpack that a little bit more? Like, I, I think that's a very important point when you say, like, it's going to pull towards that. Like, what is... It can go a layer deeper. With um. That. So... Let's just say like I have one leg on the ground. Uh -huh. um, when I go down to do an RDL, mm -hmm. like as I'm like going down, my foot is anchoring into the ground. Yeah. Because that's the only point of stability that I have. Yeah. So you think about a swing, like the entirety of a swing, both feet aren't on the ground, right? Yeah. So like as you're rotating into your front side, it's extremely important to be able to maintain that front leg from blowing just straight out to the yeah. to the outside right like yeah, yeah it's extremely important to be able to hold that position so as you rotate into that front side like the more stability that you have in that front leg the more aggressively you'll be able to pull into it and I, again this is a great like thing to talk about is like yeah. you think about the weight room like all we work on typically in the weight room like a good training program is well balanced but like all you really see with programs yeah. uh from what my experience is there's a lot of gas pedal and not a lot of brake yeah, yeah right amen like we're just <laughs> we'll just start there you know and that's sure. you know that's really what we're trying to train is like those the, the the brakes are eccentric movements and the gas pedals are concentric movements right um you brought up muay thai it's like mm -hmm. I need to be fast and short windows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to have a balance of eccentric strength and concentric strength. You can't yeah. just give this athlete a gas pedal and more horsepower, but yet don't give them a break and a good chassis, right? Yeah. Like, so I, yeah. I, I think that that's extremely important concept is like, you need to be able to have that eccentric strength in all planes of motion, sagittal front or yeah, transverse, yeah. like those, they're all happening at once. So it's like, you need to train those. And so the transfer of training becomes that type of mindset is like, I'm either working this athlete through phases or I'm sprinkling yeah. into my program throughout their, yeah. their progression. Right. Yeah. And I also, I also think the other thing is, is for any type of striking sport, one thing that people forget too, I got to be able to hit you when I'm not in ideal positions. Right. When I'm out of position, unpredictable. Yeah, it's unpredictable. I might be able. I see an opening that you have, right? Like I can't put my arm back and get a full right. shot off. I might be able to boom hit you with a little, you know, jab or hit you with a quick uppercut or whatever, right? Or kick, all of a sudden do a real low right. kick because I see you out of position and I can I can strike you. Hitting is the same way as well, right? Like there's a ball coming at you at you know 90 plus miles an hour, moving, driving all these other things, like. I'm not going to be perfect. Right. Most of the time, the best hitters in the world, like they're out of position too, mm -hmm. right? Like we're all fighting to be in the perfect position, but we're not like, yeah. we're just, we, it's unpredictable, right? Like we're, we, you know, again, we don't know the pitch he's throwing, right? Wait, we don't know what's going on and re we're reacting to a ball. And even if you know what pitch he's throwing, do you know exactly how many inches it's going to break? Yeah. And again, like, okay, it broke 
half an inch less than it did before. Like how adjustable are you? Right. It, it, it went a little bit more vertical that time. I went a little bit more horizontal, like it gyroed or, or it turned into a cement mixer. And, and usually he has a nasty breaking slider that breaks 10 inches. And instead this time it actually spun back towards you. It went like, can you hit that? Right. And so I think, and again, like you have very small windows of time to be able to, you know, do that. And that's the skilled component. Mm -hmm. That's like being a hitter as everybody would say, right? Like yeah. not just a swinger, like great. You in an arcade, you know, again, like the thing sitting there, the ball sitting on the tee, whatever, right? I can just create all this force. The ball's not moving. It's very predictable. But like, I'm only worried about me. Mm -hmm. But when you're fighting in something that's real reactive, I got to be able to do that. And I was thinking about this. This is all you because I was uh, <laughs> this morning when I was shadow boxing at the park out there like Rocky, right? <laughs> is um, I started doing that and I was... So one of the things they talked about was like in bath, um, I saw this boxing coach the other day was talking about this. And so I was feeling this when I was actually shadow boxing today, um, is this boxing coach was talking about in basketball as a defender, you're constantly trying to cut angles and get in front of the person that's right. trying to get past you. Right. And the better that the other person is that angling, right. To get you off balance, to you get you shifted. Their movement. Exactly. Right. And you can do that. Well, in boxing, it's the same way, mm -hmm. right? I'm constantly trying to get him out of position. We're both fighting for position, yeah. right? And as soon as I get a, a window and opening, I'm gonna pop you, right? And like, I'm and sometimes I'm throwing punches not to hurt you, but to get you out of position. So like, for example, in Muay Thai, I'll throw a hook to get the guy off balance, and then I'll kick him in the head with my right on the opposite side, right? So I'm hitting him with a left hook and then kicking him in the head with my right. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. What's <laughs> up? Right? But like, you're doing that, right? And again, like, that's the skilled component of it, right? Is like understanding that. Along with it is like a lot of it is battling for positioning and, yeah. and we should see that again, the pitcher and the hitter, we're battling for angles yeah. and positioning, right? Your body is too independently yes. from that, right? Yes, hundred percent. And you think about too, like think about, you know, training your swing in the cage. Like I see so many hitters get so frustrated because like it's not that they can't figure out the move, they can't get the result that they want. Yep. And think about this, dude, is you can't you can't even get that result and you're on a flat surface without cleats and not stepping into somebody else's yes. hole. No fans, no Nothing, coaches, no. game's not on the line, nope. all the things like you're just. Yeah. And the yeah. better that you're trained in your environment, the more adaptable you'll be. And you know, the less at risk for injury you're going to be as well. For so sure. knowing your environment, knowing how you're training is matching that it might not necessarily be have to be sports specific, but like yeah. these are just overlooked things in those larger compound movement programs. For right? sure. Um, For so, sure. you know, that's a, that's a huge part. Like I spent a lot of time with rehab guys, like yeah, the, yeah. the last three years of my life mm -hmm. were involved with rehab. And it's like, my job wasn't just to get this player back to baseline. It was to get him like past his baseline, yeah, improve performance, but also to be able to go from zero to a hundred at, yeah. at the blink of an eye. Right. Well, and like you said, his baseline got him hurt where he was before he got hurt was yeah. like, maybe he didn't have strength in that area. Or he wasn't adaptable to his environment, right? Sure. Like yeah. that's that's For kind sure. of my point is like the yeah. adaptability within it. And you, you know, we talk a little bit about like intent with the water balls and things like that. Like mm. there's there's so much adaptability that you have to have. What's uh, the degrees of freedom? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, Einstein. yeah. And so mm -hmm. like you look at just, let's talk about a skater jump side to side, right? Like yep. you can do a skater jump with a dumbbell. You can do it without a dumbbell. You can yep. do it with a band, Yeah. but you know what vector of a pool they're all coming from, right? For sure. With the water ball, you don't. It's not predictable. No. Yeah, and hard. so like you think about stepping on uneven surfaces and cleats, hard sand, soft sand, soft grass, like mm -hmm. uh, running towards a ball on the foul line. Like, again, we're talking about 
little stabilization muscles in yeah. the in the foot, in the hip, yeah, in the low back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and it's like the water ball is just again, we talked to last podcast, low hanging fruit. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is just a it's just an addition to a program. It doesn't sure. need to be the whole program. No. Uh, yeah, you can sure. add it into your warm ups, you can add it into your workouts, you can for sure. You know, you can even make a conditioning program out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I've seen you spend some time with the water ball and, you know, that's your workout. For sure. And it's okay. And yeah. we've we've put together a program for that as well, right? And for it's sure. like these programs aren't like based off of like getting you bigger, faster, stronger. We're trying to improve the brakes and then you're going to layer on the gas pedal down the road. For right? sure. Yeah. And I, and I also think this other thing is, again, it's another way of when you're training to be mindful of those ratios. Like, so for example, like it's huge, right? It's big. It, as much as force I can create, well, I mm -hmm. better be able to stabilize it. Your well, body is going to only accelerate what it can deaccelerate. Yeah. And, and, and especially if this, I would say even a compound the opposite way, if I put you in a constrained environment where I need you to stop even harder mm -hmm. than you accelerated in, which again, a lot of times in sport, you better be able to stop. Like, like again, like a basketball player, great. You can get up to speed, all that stuff, but the faster he can decel and juke, like RSI. Yeah, and and ex yes, exactly. And then the uh, the other thing as well, it's like you know, for example, like we look at like kinematics and we look at how hard can I whip, you know, stop the whip. Well, my the brakes, right? Like how hard can I stop my pelvis? How yep. hard can I stop my trunk? How hard can I, like that is my power, mm -hmm. right? Because that's how much energy I can get into the barrel, right? And then again, my bat speeds will go up. All those other things will go up. And then also too, not only bat speeds, but also into you get in. Everybody looks at bat speed. You got to remember. The difference between speed and velocity is velocity has a vector. Speed does not have a vector. Right. So because of that, when we look at that, we just say bat speed. Well, speed is, you know, again, like it's very different compared to, you know, for example, this is the, the, why it's important. Overall speed is great, right? But vectors are very important uh, when it comes into velocity because that's how we uh, measure momentum. Momentum needs a vector. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't, again, when you want to look at momentum and transfer of momentum and why guys are hitting the ball so hard with lower bat speeds, it's because they are, you look at velocities and that vector and how they're getting energy and when, and that, and then you look at that from a momentum perspective is like, yeah, like that's going to, that we just want to look at things and make it so easy. And it's like, oh, more bat speed, more exit velocity. And like, yeah. That's not always the case, right? And also, too, it doesn't mean that speed's a bad thing, but like how we train it and all of those things, and how easily can I create speed? Mm -hmm. And and I think that that's like, um, you know, again, um, and what small windows of time? Great, you can create it, but you got also acceleration. There's a lot of ways of measuring speed. Now you add a time component, mm -hmm. right? Over what period of time can I actually create that time to contact? Um, again, how late can I wait? Right. How quick am I? Right. Right. All of those things as well, like gets into it within the skill as well. And then going back to that uh, shadow boxing thing I was telling you about this morning was I had realized the same thing when I was shadow boxing. And like w when you shadow box, if you're not into uh, fighting, you visualize someone actually fighting you. Right. You're not just out there just throwing punches or whatever. Like someone's throwing at you and you're, you know, changing directions and you're creating punches and angles and you're doing that. But what I realized is like, for example, is when I was reacting, I had to create, right, where uh, like a co-contraction, the stabilizing and, and like a weird joint angle. Like it's not ideal, but I needed stability in my hip in that one little weird angle with some flexion with, you know, like I'm in this yeah. weird angle so I could pop this hook to his body that is this the most powerful hook I could throw? Mm. No. But within this window, like I can hit him hard enough. 
I can, and I land three of those and I, I, you know, again, or I get them off balanced or I do whatever. And then I can land a power shot. Not every shot, right. not everything I do on the field is pure power. Right. right. And it could be fielding ground balls. It could be, you know, again, running in the outfield. It could be when I'm in the box, like when I'm striding, that is not the most powerful lateral movement that I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to jump to the pitcher as hard as I can. So like when we're understanding that, like there's just like these weird joint angles and there's like, you know, towards end ranges or even to like just weird things that you're not going to get when you're just like sitting in a bus or like everyday life or, or you're in a weight room doing a casual squat or something like that. Like some basic things is like, yes, there is some specificity to like the exact, you know, some of these things you have to do when you're actually on the field and you're training. And yes, you know what? Well, then somebody will say, well, why can't you just do all that stuff when you're hitting or doing X, Y, and Z? Well, guess what? When there's a skilled component and there's a ball coming at you, that changes the whole task, right? And, you know, again, we can't do it as hard. We can't focus on the actual movement. We can't focus on the actual skill and tax it out because now we're messing up his swing rather than, yeah, let's, let's add a load with some water bags. Let's do some other reps. Like I can get way more rotation in when they don't have to hit a ball. Right. And I don't have to worry about, and maybe I want an higher, a higher intent with, you know, again, maybe I'm going to do it for time. Maybe I can challenge the system in some different ways. Um, Maybe I can put, uh, you know, uh, an opponent against them that they're you know, now they're competing yeah. and we can challenge those things and get more of that work in um, without having, you know, a bat. It's things you just can't do with the bat. Yeah. And and also too, college coach, high school coach. OK, let's say you're in the NCAA. How much time do you have? Right. Right. And then also, too, like you don't want them to have bad reps and bad swings and all this yeah. stuff. So we can handle that outside the cage. Also, too, you know, we have one cage in here, right? A lot of schools don't have an outdoor cage. A lot of a lot of places, you know, they they don't they only have two coaches on yeah. staff. They only have these other things, right? So now, now you create an opportunity where, hey, like we can get some work and make you know put this as a station, mm-hmm. make them do other other things. Like not everything is ideal. We don't have an unlimited budget. We don't have. There's a lot of schools that have two, three weight weight racks in their whole school. Yep. Right. And it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Right. How do we get these guys stronger? How do we, you know, again, you know, uh, get some other adaptations without them, just all these guys being meatheads and walking around here like football players and, you know, and again, like, great, they could probably play football pretty good. Like, but that's not what we're trying to have them do. Right. And so um, now that none of them can rotate and then think about it. Okay. When we go talk about, you know, uh, (laughs) most coaches, let's be honest here. Also a lot of schools, they don't even have a strength coach. Yeah. They have this. Yeah. Your infield coach is also your strength coach. Yeah. Right. And so he's building these programs and like they do almost nothing in the trans, like nothing transverse, yeah. like nothing rotational. They don't add. And, and we talked about this. It didn't, you don't need water bags to add, make something rotational. Right. But a lot of people, when they think about rotation, they go, it's just med balls. Okay, throw a med ball as hard as I can. And that's the only thing that they do, right? Or they do a pal off or they do rotations with a band or something. Like it's like yeah. basic, these things. But there's a billion variations that I've seen you do, that we do, right? That add, you know, all these different planes of motion like mm-hmm. into it. But I think that's another way as well. It's like if you don't have that tool in your toolbox to be able to like challenge, you know, yeah. instability within rotation, within, and also too, like the med ball thing, like you talked about is a lot of people, there's not, there's very little eccentrics. Like people are literally just yes. doing concentric type movements, throwing the med ball. And, and if that's your intent for that great. portion of the po- program, great. Great. But like, you know, I guarantee you a lot of those coaches that are putting that stuff out there, like the ones that I've seen that I know personally, like 
that's a specific phase that they're doing that in. They're For not sure. just giving it to an athlete. They've already done yes. the eccentric phase. They've already put the brakes on this player, yeah. and now they're trying to move things as fast and as hard as they can, right? For sure. Um, I do. That all being said, I do very much value strength, um, base level strength, and advanced strength. Um, yeah. The way I kind of look at it is that's that's your main course, right? Whereas sure. the water balls and like I like the word that you use is it's it's a tool, right? Like yeah, yeah. these are condiments yeah, to yeah. me, right? For sure. So. I'm not basing a whole program around, you know, water balls and things like that. They're just condiments to, to for sure. Food. I don't want dry food. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. I want my food to be flavorful and I want it to taste good and I want it to have a little sauce on it. For sure. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think that's the other thing is like you're saying as well, like, okay, great. We might be, do okay, put it this way. We might be doing squats. Okay. You had a water bag to it. It's like a hot dog, right? Like your hot dog. Okay. You got the hot dog. Like you put, you put the water bag on their back, yeah. right? You put an unstable load on it. And again, doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing barbell. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do any of those other things. Yeah. Right. And maybe it's with a superset. Maybe it's these other, these other things. Right. And again, like this is coming from a guy that, you know, was a meathead when I was training, right? Like that's how I like to train. I also saw the downfalls <laughs> of training like a meathead, right? Mm -hmm. I like like being up trying to be a you know bodybuilder when I trained. Well, I like trying to do all these other things, which again, in majority across the nation is how most people are trained. Yeah. Right? And I mean how let me ask you this. How often like on the force plates have you seen a big strong dude have low exit velocity? A big strong dude? Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. It's I mean common, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, very, you know that guy's brakes yeah. are not quality. Yeah. And and not only that, like I said, there's so many things that come like force and transmitting force is a skill, mm -hmm. right? There's a technique, there's a skill component to it. There's things that you have to teach your body that you're not going to get in a day. You're not going to get in a week. You're not going to get like years of training and like getting like, for example, like I think it's the same way is like, we talked about this as well. Like I've trained, I've trained my CNS to do everything right now. Right. Like I can pick up right now. I can walk into the room, probably pick up 400 and something pounds. I haven't done it in a really long time. I'd every once in a while, I'll just, you know, be he man and I'll just go, you know, do the thing. But again, when I say that is, but I, you know, when, you know, the chart, they, they used to always have the chart. If you yeah. can lift this once, you should be able to lift this 10 times. Yeah. My, my body, whoever made that chart didn't meet my body. And I think you could have a whole reasons of why that you signed your waiver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the things. Yeah. But I, I would look at that and go the same thing. It's like, no, no, no. Like, I didn't train my body, or again, for Usain Bolt is not out there running a, you know, whatever, 46 mile marathon. Like, that's not, he's trained his body to be elite. The boy's training in the pool, bro. Yeah. He's training like, in the pool. Like, 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 he's trained his body to be elite yeah. at what he's trying to do. And then a marathon runner that's trying to go the longest distance in the world and be the most elite the opposite way. He's trained his body to be elite and it wasn't a year. It wasn't two, like they've trained for years mm -hmm. and the adaptations and the asymmetries and all the things that they've built to build, to be the most elite at that skill or yeah. at that skill or at that skill. Like again, the top football player in the world, most likely isn't going to be the top baseball player in the yeah. world. And the top, you know, this is not going to be the top that now, now again, is there going to be every once in a while, are you going to get your Bo Jacksons, right? Are you going to get your, um, our boys prime, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you going to get those guys for sure? But again, like was prime Mike Trout? No. Right. Like again, like even Bo Jackson, like was he Mike Trout? No. Was he a freak athlete that, you know, again, like Bo knows like for sure. But at the same time, like, again, if you're going to be the most elite in both like sports, like is there overlap for sure? 
yes, but when you're training to be the best in the world at something, it's like there is going to be adaptations that are specific right. towards, you know, one sport, that sport, well, that's or your whatever. sport-specific training, right? Yeah, like, for sure. People hate on sport-specific training, but typically what I've seen is people that haven't or don't train high-level athletes at their sport yeah, yeah, yeah. aren't fans of sport-specific training, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, they're just, yeah, they don't have the lowest that's, stuff. That's just yeah. the training age, right? Like, a younger guy might not need a whole lot of sport-specific training with him. Like, he might need basic foundation of general strength, right? General prep program. Um, but the higher that that youth athlete gets and the older that he gets, yep. um, he's going to have to close that gap a little bit more yep. and more and more at each level that he gets to, right? Yep. And it's like that athlete's training age, if he starts at 13, 14, 15, that just jumped seven, eight, nine years with yeah. him. And now he's 23 playing in the big leagues, right? Yeah. Like, are you just going to do basic stuff with that guy? Are you going to continue to lock his body up? Or are you yeah. going to start to, you know, make him more adaptable to his environment? Yeah. And, and I feel like that's where this tool comes into play. Yeah. And, and also, too, the other thing is, okay, me and you have the same program, right? We're younger, basic level stuff, all this other. Okay, great. We have the same program. How you adapt and how I adapt to that same program mm -hmm. is going to be very different. Right. And again, I might start cheating with, you know, my adductors. Right? Yeah. I might start doing um, my body has a different structure. It, it's going to, you know, I maybe I'm doing something slightly different or um, also, too, I like to play pickleball or I like to ride my bike a lot or I like to do these other things. I'm not just doing that. Right. Like, you know, maybe I like to swim. Maybe I'm a gymnast. Maybe, you know, maybe I play outfield. You play infield and you take a thousand reps at shortstop and I take a thousand reps in left field, you know, picking my nose. We're going to have different. <laughs> we're going to have different, you know, adaptations yeah. to our body, too, as well. And then you're going to have to build. And again, we'll look at the program and go, oh, hey, like you need more of this. Like you need more of this because how you've adapted and these other things that you're doing also are going to change, you know, as well. And like, um, you know, and I think that that's a, you know, a bigger component too of like, you know, and also too, then you got genetics just from the get go, right? Like yeah. I, I know some guys, dude, I had played, I don't know if you had any teammates like this. I played with guys. It's like, bro, he never lifts and he's jacked. Like it just used to piss me off. I'm like, bro, you work out like one day a week and you're huge. Yeah. And then, you know, again, strong as hell, like athletic as hell. And it's like, bro, all you don't even step in the weight room. And then I had other guys that are like gym junkies and like they're also jacked, right? And then I also have guys that work out a ton and like program-wise and like they're, never, they're not really that big, right? Like, but they're strong or they're, you know, like they all that. And so I think that that's like another thing as well. It's like, yeah, like genetics obviously have a play. Like, for example, when you go into like certain sports, like if you go like NBA, for example, dude, like <laughs> there's some guys like, dude, like, again, Let's, let's just go to the extremes. If your whole family has been sumo wrestlers, there's a good chance that you're not going to be a jockey, right? It's just like, you know, just genetically, yeah. you're just way pre predisposed to like crazy different structures, right? And it's like the same thing in like NBA. Like the odds of you making the NBA without being over six foot, it's just, you know, again, like the sport, it, like again, now how I train and all that stuff, could I also increase some of that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but like there's a lot of guys just like, dude, like, Again, like your your body and your structure is going to be very different, and again, oh, yeah. you're going to have to train very different compared to you know if both your parents aren't over you know five eight, right? Like it, you're going to have different things. I don't know how tall Jose Atuve's parents are, but I'm going to bet. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong here, but I would bet that they're you know again. It doesn't mean that you can't play the sport, but again, how many Jose Altuve's do you know? Yeah, like he's a freak. Like Jose Altuve, again, like there's a lot of things that have to come together. Like Again, he's really strong, and 
different ways though, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't think Jose Altuve is going to go in there and set a deadlift record. I don't think he's going to go in there and set a squat record. Yeah. But at the same time, like he's strong, like and also connective tissue, and like you can see it by and again, like with it, for example, if we want to measure how strong somebody is from a connective tissue standpoint, like we have some things that we could measure that we'd be like, well, you know, like that that would lead us to believe, but like in reality, though, along with it, like we still have so far long, like so many things, so many layers to go where like we still can't measure a lot of things that we know to be important. Yeah. Right. Or we believe to be important, but like we just, you know, science needs to keep going. Right. Like we need to find other ways to, you know, test some of these things. And like Mm -hmm. some of these things are not targeted enough. Right. Like, yeah, like this would mean that yes as well, but it also means that there's a lot of other things. Like they might just be really strong in this way. And like, you know, again, like I said, there's only so many tests that we have available that we can currently measure that are reasonable also yeah. as well, like within a training environment yep. or, you know, again, like with athletes going up and down in levels, like, you know, some of that stuff too. Yeah. Take there's a lot of subjective feedback out there. Agreed. Um, and again, that subjective feedback comes from wisdom and experience, right? For sure. Like we talked about that, but objectively there are things that uh, are available to us. You know, I, the force plates, you know, I've talked about those quite a bit and it's like, when we write programs, we're going to the force plates to confirm that they're working or they're not. Yeah. Right. And yeah. sometimes they don't work and sometimes they're okay. Yeah. But that's, those are, those are, we call them key performance indicators, yep. KPIs, right? Like yep. you have them with the KVS, you have them with yep. the force plates, you have them in the weight room, like yep. you have them on the field, yep. you have them in game. Like there's KPIs yep. everywhere, right? And those are kind of your objective measures that yep. you're holding yourself accountable to. For sure. Um, and, you know, I think that the the more that we grow as an industry, the more that we're open to as an industry, <laughs> like yeah. closed mindedness isn't going to solve any problems, right? So sure. it's like everybody's out here just trying their very best and everybody's, yep. if you truly care about what you're doing and you truly care about your athletes, you're going to go find some answers, yeah. right? And it's like you, you, it's important for you yourself to have your own KPIs to hold yourself accountable, to hold your program accountable and make sure that you're, you're directing these players in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're not, at least you have something to fall back on and be like, okay, I need to intervene here, right? Yep. And like, that's the growth that you, you start to see as you start to get more into the training side of things. Because yeah. like you said, there are genetics that play into sports and specifically in MLB, I can't tell you how many athletes I've came across that didn't do anything. And they were healthy. They hit above 300 and they were ballers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those dudes were genetically built to play baseball. Yeah, I know yeah. my body, if I would have lasted through college, I probably wouldn't have lasted through the minor league. Yeah, bro. yeah. Too many it is, it's an absolute grind. <laughs> it's an absolute grind, yeah. man. And yeah. like, it's, but I've also seen the opposite side where guys lift themselves out of the game. Yeah. And that's like, to me, that's heartbreaking because. As working a strength hard. coach, yeah, yeah, I love the effort. I love the attitude. I love the intensity. But also, too, like I see the underlying things yeah. that are being broken down. Yeah. And those are easy, easy fixes. Yeah. But yeah. That well, player it's it's also it's also one thing I used to I used to tell some of these pro guys about. Look, this game takes discipline. And some of that discipline is go to bed, don't lift, recover. <laughs> Eat your food. Yeah. Make sure you're not scrolling on social media at night. Like, you know, again, like get up in the morning. Like you need to go to Pilates. You need to, you know, again, like you need to be going through your mobility routine. Like you, you need to drive in the garage, park your car and leave the car on, go to sleep, wake up the next morning. <laughs> For sure. Expect the battery to be <laughs> For there. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
there's there's a lot that plays into it, man. And I think yeah. I think you hit on quite a few big points with it as well. Yeah. And then um, the last thing I kind of wanted to hit on with that as well is again, like, look, I coach at those levels. Like, I again understand it. Like, a lot of these coaches again are also asked to be the strength coach, and they're like, they're just trying to like put yeah. things together. Also, too, like along with it, like, dude, you're recruiting. You're again, you're spending all this time away from your family. Like, yeah, I mean, you're working through. You're trying to be dad. You're trying to be. You're trying to be husband. You're wearing trying to many be, different hats. Yeah, you're wearing all these things, right? And and so I and then also too, you're traveling. You have no access to a weight room you have no access to all these other things and like you're working within the constraints and also the other coaches in your league are doing the same thing and you're, yep. you guys are all trying to work within the constraints that are available right and oh, so yeah. you guys again especially you juco grinders out there you juco bandits out there right like you guys are grinding the nai teams like at every level right d2 yep. d3 we did uh, the game documentary that we have coming out uh this week we, we talked about that a lot that. Right. We talked about that as well. It's like they all all of them talked about all these things that even too at like, for example, like let's say you're at the highest level power fives. Well, you have a constraint of junior college. Do we used to train if the sun was out like we were out? We were training. You know what I'm saying? Like we were out. Well, I had five, six hour practices like it was, you know, again, probably too much. Right. But with that being said, right. At NCAA, they have the opposite. They have very limited time window right. where they need to get all these adaptations and get them them as trained as much as they can within these really small windows. So like, you know, we're talking to, you know, your LSUs, your Clemsons, your all the things you're like, Oh, well they have the best of the best and they have their own strength coaches and they have all these other things. Yeah. But they also have requirements, right. That are, they have to hit these windows and get as much as they can in, in very small windows of time where like a lot of other levels, you know, good. We could get done with practice and go over here. And they're like, again, they can train for another two hours and they could do all these other things. And it's like, those are really, you know, development like levels comparatively to there. It's like they have these other constraints. So like, you know, that's why we also talked about that. It's like, okay. And one of the ideas that originally, you know, recently came up was I was like, okay, like I played at that level. Like you played the same thing too. You played junior college, you played NEI, like we, we both played at those levels and like looking at that and going like, all right, I remember what that looked like. I remember going to another school and us not having, you know, like, there no weights. There's yeah. no nothing for us to get access to, like all that stuff throughout the year. And we're trying to, you know, all the guys lost 30 pounds by the end of the year or whatever. Right. And these guys were eating like crap. We got five dollar budgets that the guys are trying to get us to get food from, you know, just all of these things. And we're like, all right. So, like, what could we create a resource that could help these guys? Like, can we create a resource that could help, you know, coaches that are in this situation that don't have, you know, they can't hall like even the, the recent thing I, mean, I know you probably saw it online where uh they were building these trailers that the, the coaches could haul behind the oh, yeah, truck yeah. so they could like work out and like stay on the road yeah. but still for a lot of programs that's not reasonable like right. one they can't tow you know a trailer across the you know thing um safety all these other things they can't even afford the trailer yeah. let's just start there um but and we're like okay like uh you know what are things that we can do and it's like yeah like in select scenarios, like certain tools become much more useful to you just because like, great. How'd the TRX get invented, bro? <laughs> yes. Military dude. Yeah. Hung some straps off a Hummer. Yeah. It's like, trying that's to get all I got. Out of him, bro. Yeah. This is all I got. <laughs> I didn't know that story. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like th that's all I got. Right. And, and I think that that's the same thing. It's like, okay. Or at home workouts, like, yo, I got 20 minutes. I got like, dude, at the house, I, t I tell you this all the time. It's like, Dude, I'll get home and be like, dude, I don't have the time to go to the gym right now and do all these things. Like, I gotta get to bed, I gotta get back to work, I gotta do things. Like, I got two water bags at the house, and like, sometimes, you know, again, I probably need to use them more, honestly. But like, yeah, like, I'll hit something real quick for 10, 15 minutes, or, you know, and because you also gotta take in as well, like, you know, again, like some of these guys, like, you're trying to keep their tissue like healthy, like, you're trying to do other things where it's like, it's, 
you know, I always said too, it's like a lot of times it's like getting some load, right? Yeah. Comparatively to getting nothing. And then also, um, I just had that conversation with you yesterday. You did. You, <laughs> you did. Um, yeah, yeah, you did. Um, personal so I, level. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And, and just, you know, I have different constraints, right? I'm at a different time in my life. Same thing too. We talked about this, like, and you've been really good of helping me kind of unpack like some of the constraints that I've had, you know, again, me personally. I don't know how you find time for anything, bro. Well, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, appreciate the, yeah, the love yeah. and support. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, um, I just wanted to give you kind of a second there. Uh, we've been working on this uh, resource specifically more for like high school, those type of programs that yeah. really have some, you know, struggle. And they're like, man, like, again, like I'm not a strength coach. Like I'm not, I don't, we don't have access to all this stuff. Um, you know, like it's not an ideal situation. Um, but at the same time, like a little bit of help would be dramatic for these programs. Again, we, for farm plus, um, you know, again, like it's only 20 bucks a month. There's a lot of, you know, coaches and, and, and parents and things like that are just trying to like get yeah. some general, um, you know, base level stuff that could help them in those type of environments and those, those setups. And, um, so I know that we we've been developing, um, that resource is something that you've been heading on just like a project to help, you know, like these communities. And so I just wanted to give you kind of a second to kind of like open that up and kind of like what's coming. Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited about, it. I've never put anything together like this. So, uh, it's more of like a hypertrophy, uh, endurance. Yeah. Type I, challenge, thing. I challenge, I, I gave you a lot of challenges. I'm like, okay, look, it's, this is the thing. Like act like this in all these crazy scenarios. He's yeah. like, He's like, okay, so we're basically at war. <laughs> yeah, like you'd like you give the army example. It's like, all right, like J, you know, like being coaching at in a JC or NAI can feel sometimes like you're at war and you're just trying to make things work. So, anyways, we 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 try to develop the resource and like I challenged Steve and he came up with something pretty cool. So yeah, no, I I actually had a lot of fun with it. Kind of made it, you know, a high school kid could do it, a youth athlete could do it. You could throw it into your college program. Um, it's kind of got a couple different uses too. You, you'll be able to split it up and use it as warm ups if you need to. Um, but we're mo we're definitely focusing on planes of motion uh, with it with with the use of the water bags, the aqua bag or the sorry the water balls, the water bags, and the Bulgarian bag. So mm -hmm. there's a variety of different ways that you can use things in there. And if you only have access to one, you can still do all of them. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty excited for that to pop out. Um, but yeah, I think I think just in general, like if you don't have anything, like this is just an easy place to start. And if yeah, it's also not something that you follow have to follow to a T. Like if you just want to pop in for a quick total body, like yeah, yeah. you have the option to do that. Or if you know, it's it's definitely not geared towards anything strength. If anything, it's more dynamic and stability involved. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that again, we talked about low hanging fruit. Like that's probably a term that we'll use often. Like you can do this on the baseball field pregame post game with nothing but the water bag yeah yeah that's it like you don't yeah. need a whole lot of stuff um you can use it as a warm-up if you need to you can hotel change room. It. yeah you, you, hotel absolutely. parking lot just hit you can it. change the intensities with yeah. it like it's it's a it's a basic enough program but it's also got some specific stuff in it that'll help you become more adaptable to your environment yeah no i love that and again like just to again clarify on that same side like i you know it also speaks to um, just like how your brain works and like, Hey man, like one, I think also your background of you played at those levels and know these constraints and being like, man, that, those are a lot of constraints that I kind of challenge you with of like, yo, like, I know this is hard, but like, again, like it's hard for the coaches. Like yeah. it's hard for them when they're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't have a barbell. We don't have all these other things. We can't travel with all these weights. Yeah. Like, you know, it is a pain in the ass. Like we don't have a bunch of room. We don't have, you know, all these other things. And like, again, like, water bags are a cool tool like where they're you know like i think about it like 
we used to work, I used to work on, um, dirt bikes and stuff when I was younger. And then also too, like uh, when I was in school in high school, we worked on cars and it's like, sometimes to get to a certain bolt, it's like, there's a lot of crap in the way. And there's like, man, if it was like this, I could just use a socket. Or if it was just like this, I could do this, or I could just do that. And like, we had to come up with some really creative ways and like their specialty tools mm -hmm. that they use the specialty tool. And it's like, man, when you have this one tool, like this is done in two seconds, yep. like done. Right. And so I think that that's the same thing too, is like, yo, like for those types of constraints, like, for a bag that's like, dude, like the bag folds up into like, you know, the size of your hand. Like you yeah. can get this really small bag. You can, it's so easy to travel with a whole, you can put them in a whole bunch of them inside of a bag, a big duffel bag or something. You need access to water, right? Which is like, I hope you have access for your players to get water, right? You mm -hmm. could just need to put some water in them. Sometimes when we travel, I keep, when we get on the planes and everything, like I um, put it underneath the plane, right? Like check the bag, keep the water in it. All I do is literally just pump it up boom, seal it. And then we start using it within 10 minutes. Like yeah. when I was you know, in the minor leagues, dude, we were filling those up in the shower. There you go. <laughs> right. There you go. Right. And I think that's, that's the same thing, right. It's just like, Hey, like they can be a specialty tool. Like, you know, again, they travel well, yeah. they, 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 they pack well. Um, the other easy. thing too with them is you can change a load, right? Yes. Like you can go super light or yep. you can fill that thing up. Yeah. You could use it more like a heavy, a really heavy implement if you yeah. needed. And that was the goal, yeah. right? Like Again, intent intent does matter, and what you want out of the workout, like you're you're gonna get out of it. And yeah, there's different. We'll have different options on there, sets and rep schemes, and mm -hmm. you know you could just pop in for a quick total body. And like, if you don't have access to any, like me personally, I I lifted almost every day, um, whenever I was playing, and then on the weekends, like I kind of I didn't feel as primed for my games, mm -hmm. so I would go out there and I would do like more of like a my personal active warm-up type thing to where mm -hmm. i was throwing a couple med balls you know rapidly turning a couple rubber bands and things like that so you know i think i also do think that you can split those super sets up super easy and use those mm -hmm. as primers before yeah. you get out there and start yeah throwing and stuff. and also not a bad resource for something that you already have access to farm plus and you're it's just another thing that we're yeah. putting on there is another resource right on top of there as well i think that that's like a, a huge thing there as well so hopefully again we just wanted to help and like add on um to um just people that are kind of working through yeah. some of these constraints and like you know help from there and give us your feedback yeah. guys let us know how we can make things better yeah and what we could add and other resources on the farm plus there as well so yeah definitely um from that but uh yeah let me pray us out we'll get right. there um definitely father thank you so much for this time we spent with you, uh, God, we just have hope that the, these resources and these things that we're creating uh, just help uh, spread your kingdom, God, and just um, also um, just help people. And that's our, our main intention. And we just uh, pray that you continue to keep our hearts open to where we can serve and um, how we can help people. And we just pray that everybody uh, receive uh, these gifts and, and blessings in ways that you're working through us. And we just hope that we just we're your hands and feet and we're an extension of you, God. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, until next time, Farm System out.